0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Second Peter, it's where we left off last week. One of the great mistakes of Christianity, religion, theology is they've departed from the power of God. They exhaust their time trying to get people to believe there is a God instead of just accepting God for who He is and letting Him be God. Because if you let God be God, He's going he's to release. He's going to lose some power into your life. You know, the, uh, the Word of God, all through the Word of God, is a demonstration of the supernatural. A, a God showing up at times and in places with just doing amazing things for people, whole nations. You know, when it comes to the nation of Israel, other nations, God has done great things for. But in these last days, everybody say last days, it is imperative that you walk in the power of God. In every area, in your mind, in your finances, in your health, your family, your business, your job. You have to have that that added supernatural ingredient of the power of God in your life. You know, one of the number one things we need the power of God for in our life right now is protection protection and safety. Amen. I don't want to have to suffer with all these sicknesses and diseases that are coming, these, these epidemics, these pandemics. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just you know, the Lord gave us a word, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, several months ago that talked about men initiating things, then after they initiate it, they lose control of it. We've seen that all over the earth. That's happened all over the earth. And we see the continuing de-escalation. It's amazing to me. Now listen to somebody who I who I like, I was listening to him teach the other day, and, and uh, he was bringing out all of the things that man, mankind, humanity, seems to be racing into that history has proved it doesn't work. But they're still trying to do it. They're trying to resurrect it, revive it. All of the, all of the social, you know, the, the communism, socialism, they've never worked in any country they've ever been applied in. And it's one of the most uh, uh, illegitimate ways of governing people on the earth. But the, but, the, but the whole world seems to be going headlong into a, into a demonic system, uh, just forgetting about everything else the world has suffered for the last 6,000 years. I mean, somebody ought to a, uh, rise up and say, uh, Hey, remember when this happened? And they were doing this before this happened? We should quit doing this. Because if we keep doing this, this is going to happen. But you know, the world doesn't have the wisdom of God. And the thing about the wisdom of God and the Word of God is it provides a dimension of power that literally cocoons the believer. I like the phrase we use, meaning we always pray it over Breeland. You always should pray it over your, your kids, but we pray it over the church. We pray it over our children. We pray it over every Father, we surround them with faith and love. Now we're talking about supernatural faith, supernatural love. Amen. But listen, the power of God, not just active in a service, not just active in a, in a crusade, a camp meeting, a missions outreach, or, or, you know, some great event, but just every day present in your life. The power to heal, the power, to your, the power of your salvation, which is healing, uh, uh, healing, preservation, soundness, safety, and deliverance. Amen? Aren't you glad you're saved? That's what it is. That's what salvation is in your life. You say, well, I just thought it meant I get to go to heaven. No, that's the result of it. But what are you going to do down here on the uh, uh, in the nasty now is now, is, one, is what one preacher said. Well, you're going to have to learn to walk in the power of God. And I think what we do many times is we, we really celebrate uh, men and women that walked in the power of God in their lifetime. But, 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 not, but we don't enter into it ourselves thinking that that's some special thing that happened there. You know, the, the stars kind of aligned right and the, the right person prayed pray the, the right prayer at the right time and, and somebody got anointed or somebody's gift worked or something. No, no, no. God wants that power present in you at all times. Working for you, in you, and through you. Amen. Not only for your own sake, but for the sake of other people. There are people around you that need you to walk in the power of God. Let me say that again. There are people around you that are afraid, that are fearful, that haven't got a clue what's going on. They have no spiritual insight, but they need you walking in that power because you're going to be the key to their salvation. Yeah. Now, here in Peter, we, this is where we were reading, reading last week or we came up to this point. Now notice, here's the the phrase again. According as his divine power, this is in verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power, now everybody say power. Power. According as his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life, everybody say life, and godliness. Now, out of that one scripture right there, you ought to pull these two truths. I need to have a life, and I need to live it godly. Amen? I, listen, I'm a true believer in drinking deep from the cup of life. Amen? I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of friends that are preachers, a lot of friends in the ministry, and, uh, and they kind of, you know, I'm kind of an oddity amongst the, the, the ministers I hang around with because of my life and my lifestyle. You know, they walk into my house and they're like in a museum. They're like, you do all this? You go all these places? You do all this stuff? And you're in the ministry too? Yeah, I'm living life. God gave me a life. God gave me a life. He gave me a life in ministry. He gave me a life with my wife. Uh, You need a life with your wife. And all the wives said, told you, amen. Amen. I mean, he gave me life with my friends and my acquaintance. Listen, there's a life to be lived for every believer. And one of the greatest testimonies of God in your life is no matter what the devil tries to do, you're still living that life. Still living that life. Amen. Now, life and godliness need the power of God. The power of God is what undergirds and empowers you to live or to have a life of life and godliness. Without that power, you're just like everybody else. All you're doing is existing till death runs its course. You don't want to live like that. And listen, what a great platform. What a great opportunity. What a great venue. You say, what is that? The last of the last days. When those that love God, trust God and believe in His power, when those are the people that should be rising to the top, Amen. Living in the ark of God. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, anytime destruction comes upon the earth for God's people, there's always a way of escape. Amen. Now, notice that. That's also in this scripture. According as His, His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, by, that by these, by these, by these, you might be partakers of the divine nature. We've all suffered under the nature of humanity that's inherent in us. We age. We get older. Uh, we're, we're, we're not near as, uh, 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 how can I say this? We're not near as strong and durable as we used to be. You say, why? Well, death reigns in the human body because of the fall. You know, that's something. I've said it in funerals for years, and every time I say it, you never get an amen or an ome oh or anything. People just kind of look at you like, have you lost your mind? But see, we have just accepted that death is natural. But God never created man to die. Death came because of sin. Amen? So God, as Jesus said, wants you to have life and wants you to have it in an abundant measure. Yes. You say, why is that? Because it counters the death culture. Yes. And if you don't believe we're living in a death culture, just look around you. We are living, and listen, it's not that all of a sudden it just became that. No, it, it's always been that. It's always been that. I was watching a movie the other night and there was a, a, a scene in the movie of a of a, of a, of a pastor. It looked to me to be a pastor and a couple of military men. It was a war movie from back in World War II. And they were going up to a house to, to tell the family that their, their son had been killed in action uh, in World War II. Can you imagine? I mean, there's a, few, of, a few, few that are still alive that remember those days, but most of us here don't remember those. We weren't alive during those days. But could you imagine what it must have been like during the, the, the big battles such as, such as D-Day, the Battle of Okinawa, Iwo J- how, how in the whole community there was just this suppression because so many young men had died and, and all of those men were going out in those homes that were, that were uh, uh, what was it, silver stars became gold stars in the window and everybody knew that their son had died in the war. Could you imagine the grief that was gripping this country at the time? Because of death, 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 death. People were dying in mass. They saying it hasn't changed. It's still the same. Although there may not be a declared war that's killing people in mass, there's still the enemy just sweeping across this world and causing death, death, death to happen. Well, Jesus said, I'm coming that you might have life, life, life. Not death, death, death. But in order to live in that life or living in that life affords you power unavailable to, to just the human family. That's one of the great phenomenons that that, that literally the Christian world does not propagate at all. And that is this. If you are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, know anything about the Word of God, you are a different species of being upon this earth. The Bible calls you a new creature. A peculiar people. Amen. Amen. You're a royal family, a holy generation. You've got to understand, listen, it has nothing to do with being black, white, Hispanic. It has nothing to do with being male, male or female. It has to do with being bloodwashed and empowered by the Word of God and the Holy Ghost to live an overcoming life here at this time, here on this earth. Amen. God has always called His people to do it, but I'm telling you right now, we are in an awakening when God is waking people up and saying it's time to live for God. Now, we're going to come back there. Go all the way to, just let's go look at a couple of verses. Go to Romans chapter 1. And let's establish some of this reality. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I could quote it, but I want to read it out of these different translations. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Do you see that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Now notice this, unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, and then it talks about basically how the Jewish world sees the entire planet is either jewish or or gentile or jewish or greek now notice this let me read it in the passion bible says i refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of god's liberating power unleashed through us unleashed unleashed in us through christ now notice that unleashed in us through Christ. So there is a power that comes through salvation into your life. I don't know if you've if you've ever witnessed how strong that power is. I remember it as a child being born again and, and this dramatic change that took place in my life. I was actually in the first grade when I got, when I got born again. And I was having a lot of trouble uh, socially adjusting, a lot of trouble with my reading, a lot of trouble with math. And I'm amazed uh, after my, the, my first grade years, years later, my mom brought me the report card and showed me what my first grade teacher, Mrs. Swan, wrote at the end of the year. She wrote this in, my, in, my, in the last report card. We used to get, what, every six weeks, I think, we got a report card, and then the teacher would write comments on that report. And she wrote at the end of the year, I do not know what you have done to this child, but I have never seen such a turnaround in one of my students. Well, what happened was is I got saved Amen. at six years old, and it dramatically changed me. And you say, well, you know, in a six-year-old child, it couldn't be that much. It was. I still remember How much of the the, the introverted uh, way of who I was, I was was very shy, very introverted. But you know, God just broke me out of all of that. If you can't tell. (laughs) Amen. But see, that took power. He said, well, if if we could just get them the right counseling. If we could just get them to the to the right doctor, or to the right, to the right this or the right. No, you gotta get them to the word of God. Because there's power in the Word of God to radically change any person or any situation, not by the ability of man to put his hand upon it, by, but the ability of God in you and through you working by his power. Amen. That's right. Amen. Now go to go to 1 uh, Corinthians. Now let me do this how I studied it, so it'll work, right? It always works. I mean, I just like to do it the way God showed me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, let's do chapter 1 first. Chapter 1 verse 18, I'm going to read it in my Passion Bible, I like it here. To preach the message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are on their way to destruction, but unto us who are on our way to salvation, it is the mighty power of God released in us. Your salvation is the mighty power of God released in you. Listen, it brought you new life. It it rejoined you to the origin of who you are, which is your heavenly Father. Thank God we're saved. Let me try that again. Thank God we're saved. I said, thank God we're saved. Now, that was in chapter 1. Chapter 2. I got it marked in mine. My... Now, in chapter 2, it says this in verse, in verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, let me preempt that by putting it in context of what he said. He says in verse uh, Verse 2, for I determined to know nothing or nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in much weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration, now notice this, of the spirit and power. Oh, come on, church. But in demonstration of the spirit and power, in demonstration of the spirit of God, and the power of God. Let me read it to you in the in the in the uh, Message Bible. I like it in the Message. It says, uh, starting in verse three. I stood before you, feeling in, inadequate, filled with reverence from God, and trembling under a sense of importance of my work. The message that I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the Almighty power of God's Holy Spirit." For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. Amen. Hey, listen, it takes power to deliver a drug addict. It takes power to drive cancer out of somebody's body. It takes power to take somebody who's, in the, who's in, the, in the throes of depression and cause them to come out of that and see them rise up under the power and life of God. I mean, it takes some power to do that. Not only does it take power to get that into somebody's life, it takes power to keep it in your life, and it takes power to sustain it to the point that that power increases in your life where it's not just personal or selfish for you, but you're wanting to give it away to everyone you get around. Amen? I mean, it's amazing to watch the demonstrations and power of God. I mean, I've seen it in altars. I've seen it in meetings. I've seen it. It's, uh, I was thinking the other day about different things that which God does and demonstrates outside the church, outside of, uh, of people that understand what we understand, do what we do. I was hunting a couple of years ago with a friend of mine. He owns a guide service up in, up in Winnie, and he had an, an older dog. And so the, the way they construct these blinds, they, they have these blinds and they've got like a couple of them put together. And in between is where your dog sits. You know, he's out there watching and watching what's going on and he's the one that goes out there and brings the birds back. Well, this dog, we're sitting there. He's sitting on that side. I'm sitting on this side of the dog. He falls over in a convulsion. I mean, right there on the, right there on the, on the dog perch. I mean, a, a, an alarming, you know, I've been around vets enough to know when it's, a, I mean, he, his whole body contracted, mouth came open, tongue came out. I was like, oh, my God. And, he, and they're just panicking. What are we going to do? And I said, in the name of Jesus. I just, I mean, I never, the thought to do it never entered my mind. It was an automatic response. I laid both my hands on that wet dog. I said, in the name of Jesus, this is what I said. In the name of Jesus, this shall not happen while I'm here. And that dog sat up. Looked around. And both of those men on the other side sat there with their mouths open. They were trying their best to figure out how to categorize that as a coincidence. But you couldn't do it. Because you could tell that dog was in great duress. And that dog's still alive today. He got a taste of the power of God. Amen. I'm telling you, you, got, you have to have this power working in your life because we think of the power that we need on these different levels. Oh, for, for ministry. But I'm telling you, you better have some power to control your thought life. Because the enemy is going to bombard your mind more and more and more. And in the days ahead, listen, it is an information war that is going on in this world about this is being said, and that is being said, and this is being said, and that is being said. And all of it is designed to bring the entire earth under a control system that can now listen to me, that cannot control you if you're a believer. Amen. You say, why? Because you're not of this world. You're not of this. World, and I guarantee you God's got greater things to the, to the extent that the world goes into destruction. God's got blessing for the church. Yeah. There's going to be such a divide. People are going to be able to tell when you walk down the street whether you're walking in the power and anointing of God or whether you're not. And I see a day in which people will just flock to you. They'll see the peace of God on you, on your countenance, in your eyes. Amen. Because eyes are the window of the soul. You can always tell what's going on by what's, you look deep into somebody's eyes. Amen. So, let me go back, go back to, uh, let me find where I wrote all my notes at now. That's going to be a task. Go back to uh, 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Don't you love the Word of God? I'll tell you, reading it, studying it, preaching it, I'll tell you, any way you can get it. 1 Peter chapter 5, yeah, this is what I wrote on my notes right here. Now. The problem with most believers is they understand the power of God only through observation. Amen? Now think about that for a minute. They only understand the power of God through observation, through what they've seen. I've heard people say this. Well, Pastor, if I could see a miracle, it'd change my life. It won't. It won't. A miracle will not change your life. I remember being down at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. In July of 1985, my dad took me over there after I graduated from Bible school. And it was on a Sabbath Friday. A Sabbath begins at 6 o'clock on Friday. The rabbinical school came out. Big circle of all these, all these uh, uh, you know, the guys who wear the hats with the long curls. Uh, they're part of the rabbinical school. And they started dancing and singing those old Jewish uh, psalms is actually what they're singing is this, out of the psalms. And man, I'm telling you, the power and presence of God was so tangible. And I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, and I'm talking to God, and I'm walking, because you can go past the wall and down into this place, and all these guys are down there praying and doing this and praying. And I thought to myself, man, if you could just jump up and lay hands on a blind person or a, or a deaf person or a cripple and get them, man, you'd have revival all over this place. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I did that 2,000 years ago when they hung my son on a tree. Yeah. So don't just think if we, just, if we could just do miracles and people get out of wheelchairs. No, that's not going to do it. That's a demonstration of the power of God, but by the time it gets to that person and does that miracle, you are just observing. It carries no ability to convince you of the reality of that miracle. Faith does not come by miracles. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And listen, you have to position yourself not to just be an observer, but a participant of the power. I mean, the first few times I ever experienced the power because I always had a preconditioned idea in my mind, even as a child, of what it would be like to receive the power of God. The first time, I-, I suffered with nosebleeds almost every day I had a nosebleed. I don't know what was causing it, but Dad Mom took me up to Brother Goodwin one time after service, and he laid his hands. I remember his hand went right across the, my eyes and right across my nose, and he began to pray out of Ezekiel 16.6. I thank you, Heavenly Father. When I passed by thee, saw thee polluted in thy own blood, I said unto thee, live. Now I say over rusty, live. bleed, stop in Jesus' name. Never had another one. Now I didn't feel anything, but I experienced something. You say, what happened? Something stopped. Well, how did it stop? Power of God did it. I remember when I was seven years old, God baptized in the Holy Ghost. That was in. A, I experienced the power of God. You've got to go from an observation to an experiential level. Now let me say that again. You must go from an observation to an experiential level. You can be in the hottest meeting on the planet. People can be getting healed on the right side of you, on the left side of you. They can be raising the dead up at the altar, but it will not affect you at all. You'll walk out the same person you walked in unless you are hearing the word that produced that power in the first place. Then if you are hearing the word that produced that power, it literally will bring such a thrill to your spirit and a thrill to your soul that it will elevate the expectancy in you for the power to work in the same way. We are in a meeting one time, Lee and I. We weren't ministering in this meeting. Another man was. But there was a lady that was sitting behind us. She had a steel rod in her back could not bend. I mean, she walked like a, you know, she had a steel rod in her back. The power of God touched her. And by the time she got back to her seat, you remember that? She was doing toe touches and and doing everything that any normal person could do with her back. And she, listen, Lee and I were just standing there in awe. Now this is just an uh, observation. In awe, in awe of the power of God. Now, there were other things happening, other things were going on, and God was moving. But we ended up in a, in a social situation at a restaurant with other people who were there who said this, that's not God. Remember that? We were sitting at the table and they said, well, I don't know what you thought about that. No, I don't think that's God at all. I thought, my God, somebody with a steel rod in their back just got healed. Amen. Showing that observation of the power of God does not produce faith. If it did, then that's all we'd be, that's all we'd be after. That's all. Let's, let's pray, pray, pray till something happens. Let's do whatever it takes. Till, no, 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 no. It's that power. What is the power? The Word is the power working in you. The Word is the power working in you. I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? It doesn't tell us about the power. It is the power. The Word working mightily in you is the power working in you. Listen, I've had the power of the Word working in my mind now for 37 years, and I still need more power. You say, why? Because I'm still fighting that, that warfare in my mind every day, fighting off doubt, fighting off unbelief, fighting off thoughts that will try to get me into a place of disobedience. But I use the power of the Word to fight that off. I'm not just an observer. Amen? Now notice this. An observer. Then there are people that are just curious. They like to kind of hang around it. You know, we saw that a lot when we ministered in other nations, in Ireland especially. There were people that were very curious about what was going on in these meetings, and it was always pretty funny to see them come in. And then to see the expression on their face when some power event happened where somebody got set free, delivered, somebody got filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues or something would happen. And it would just, it would have one of two effects. They would either get up and walk out the door. Remember remember, uh, the church in Dublin, the first church down there on on, uh, Westland Row. I don't know how they configured it like this, but the, the exit to the church say the church, the church like this, and it kind of went back about another section back. There was not the wings like that. But you came down the aisle and went up the stairs and out. That was the way in and out of the church. So it was pretty irritating, you know. So I remember this, this one guy, and I don't know what it was because there was really no, no ministry going on. I was teaching the Word, and something, boom, hit that guy. And he got up, and he started walking down that aisle looking at me like that. Like I was gonna shoot him or something, you know. He's kind of like, like I, like I, I, have to get out of here, or something really bad's. I mean, he, and, and so when he got to the base of the stairs, I guess for 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 his own, uh, uh, what would you call his own defense? Because I just kind of stopped and was watching it. He's <laughs> going up to, So then he gets to the bottom of the stairs, and it was about twenty stairs. It was a long. Some of y'all remember that old staircase back then. He goes up uh, and he starts at the bottom cussing. And by the time he gets to the top, he's really cussing. Amen? But the thing is, it lit a fire in that church. And when he he slammed the door, when that door went boom, that church went kaboom and just blew up with the power of God all over the place. And, of course, I'm a smart aleck. So my statement was, well, God had to get all the doubt and unbelief out so we can have church. (laughs) Which wasn't too nice to say. Had to repent later. Amen. But it's amazing how God began to move. The power of God began to come when unbelief was removed. Now, curiosity, many times, I guarantee you there were a lot of curious people there at Mark chapter 5 when Jesus was walking through that street and the woman with the issue of blood came up and touched him. How many people you think touched him out of curiosity? Well, I heard, I heard a woman with an issue of blood got here. Let me try. What do you think they got? They not get anything. Amen. So don't, 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 don't let... Well, I'm just kind of curious how that... No, get in there and dig into the Word of God. Amen? Then there is the receiver. Everybody say receiver. That The person... How many have received his power? I mean, if you're born again, you've received it. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you've received it. Has anyone ever been healed in your body? That's the power of God. God ever touch your finances. That's the power of God. Protect you in a I mean we could go through all kinds of testimonies about how God has used his power to deliver us, to save us, to heal us and to set us free. Amen. Amen. And we are listen, we are a demonstration of his glory. Everywhere we go, like we said last week, everywhere we go and everything we do says this in the realm of the spirit. He is risen. And because He is risen, I'm born again. Because He is risen, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Because He is risen, I'm healed in my body. Because He is risen, I'm prosperous in my life. Because He is risen, I'm going to heaven. If and when I leave this earth, I'll be in heaven. Because He is risen. Our lives are a testimony to the reality that what? He is risen, which is the biggest insult to the devil and your greatest tool of intimidation. And the devil comes to your mind and says, you're not healed. What about all this fever? All you, oh, you need to do is lift your hand up and say, he is risen. Amen. Oh, and when he rose from the dead devil, he defeated you. And because of that, this fever has to break in Jesus' name. So, well, how long do I have to do that? Well, until you, you don't have to do it anymore. Amen. So we're all receivers of the power. But here's the thing about receiving power. You know, in the building, and we've talked about this a, a hundred times, about how there's power. You know, the, uh, who's a power company now? Who do we... You pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the power company? Center Point. So we pay, we write out uh, a check every month. Every month, the Center Point. They give us power. If you drive down the alley, you'll see where it comes off the pole and it hits a big bank of, 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 of places where the building is wired. Amen. There are, there are places here in the building that if you touch that place in a certain way, you will experience the power. <laughs> but it's unseen. Amen. It's unseen. But now we have all of these unique little devices. We've got a, a microphones. We've got air conditioning. We've got lights. We've got all of these. And what are they? They are designed to receive the power, assimilate it, and then transmit it into the device so that it does what it is designed to do. It fulfills its, oh man, it fulfills its purpose by the power. What use is that speaker without the power? What use are these lights without the power? What use is this? mic? Come on, church. What use is it without the power? And the power has always been here. For, for a thousand years that Galveston Island set as a barrier island off, off of uh, the Texas coast, the power has been here, but nobody ever received it, nobody ever assimilated it, and nobody ever figured out how to transmit it. Yeah, right. Then his man became enlightened by the Word of God. Because as the Word of God increased, technology increased. You say, why? Because the wisdom of God. That's what the wisdom of God does. So as the Word of God increased, we begin to understand things about the power of God. Sure, for many years, we say, well, it's, a, you know, Catherine Kuhlman, she's got the power. And, and Oral Roberts, he's got the power. Well, sure they did, but here's the thing, that same power's in you. Amen? But it has to be received. And once it, has, once it is received, you, you have to acclimate yourself. You have Listen, you can't, I will not work on electricity. You say, why? I'm afraid of it. Yeah. Well, that's fear. You shouldn't be afraid. No, it ain't that kind of fear. I've been hit by it. I've been really hit by it. Amen? You say, when I was a little boy... I've told this story a thousand times, but man, it did affect me. I was flying a kite with string that was called binding twine. My grandmother gave it to me. My dad built me a box kite, big old tail on it. I'm flying it on a Sunday afternoon between services, and it wraps around the 7200 distribution line behind our house. Now, I don't know what happened to me. All I knew is the next thing I knew, I was laying on the ground, on my back. I could not feel my body. I could not talk a boy that was flying another kite next to me ran over there and started rubbing on me. And as he started rubbing on me, life started coming back into my body. My neighbor, my next-door neighbor who was sick at the time, Martin Remus is his name, he was watching us fly the kites out his window because he was sick at his house. And he told me the next day or two, he said, a ball of fire like about the size of a Volkswagen came down that wire and hit you, Rusty. Now, I, have two, I still have two scars in my feet. I was wearing uh, PF Flyer tennis shoes. And they have little metal holes. And where those two holes are, on this foot right here, I still have two scars on my feet. I st- all, all things being equal, it should have killed me dead as a hammer. 7,200 volts, come on. I should have been dead as a doornail, but the mercy of God uh, saved me and raised me up. Amen. But here's the thing. When that power hit me, I no longer was an observer or I I was no longer curious. I mean, when people said to me, do you know there's power there in those wires? I'd say, I know there's power up there in those wires because I had experienced it. I mean, I'd experienced it on a level most people don't. But you've got to understand the same thing's true of the Word of God. Do you know there's power? This whole this this whole thing is like a huge power source radiating the power. That's how I see the Word of God. A huge ever ever Bible. I've got Bibles all in my office. I just see them as huge power sources, just radiating the power of God. So I have to be a receptor or a receiver, just like that that that. What do we call that? That's got to have a name. Projector. Just like that projector. Wasn't that hard, was it? For what purpose would I have if I wasn't hooked to the power? What purpose is a pastor if he's not hooked to the power? A prophet if he's not hooked to the power? An evangelist if he's not hooked to the power? Come on, church. What good are you if you're not hooked to the power? But if you are hooked to the power, then you're going to find out what your purpose is. How am I supposed to shine in the body of Christ? What is my function? Am I a voice? Am I, and what am I? God will show you as he hooks you up to his power source and you begin to do what? Not just receive the power for yourself, but you begin to assimilate it into yourself for the purpose of others. Amen. Amen. You know, there are certain men in the Bible that if you do a character study of them, it'll really help you. One of them is Gideon. Why did God choose Gideon? Why did God choose Gideon? Because in the midst of some of the greatest persecution in Israel, while they were in bondage, he refused not to be involved in seed time and harvest. There was still some power of his covenant working in him. And when God looked around on the earth, He's looking. anybody, 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 uh, anybody messing with the power down there? Well, there's old Gideon. My, what's he doing? He's got a harvest. See, he had a harvest. He had a harvest. I said he had a harvest. The Midianites gave you every reason not to plant, not to plow, not to hoe, not to reap. They gave you every reason. Why? Because they're going to come get it all. But they did not get Gideon's harvest. You say, why? Because he was thrashing it, thrashing out at the threshing floor, and that's where that angel met him. Amen? Now, you've got to understand, every time you come to church, you should be like a battery being charged. Charged by the Word of God, charged by the power of God, charged by the anointing. Mama Ward used to tell us when we'd pray in the Holy Ghost, she'd always say, Now let's, let's tune up. She'd say, Let's tune up and let's let, 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 and she likened it to charging your batteries. She'd say, Let's charge our batteries. And we'd sit there and lift our hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm telling you, many times we'd be praying in the Holy Ghost. Papa Ward, he'd be sitting in the, in the kitchen drinking coffee or eating a snack and he'd get up and he'd start waddling in there. And he'd have the Word of God in him. He'd start prophesying. He'd start giving words to people. All of them accurate. You say, what was happening? Demonstration of the power of God. Because people learned how not only to receive it, but to assimilate it and transmit it. So that's the next one. A receiver, an accumulator, amen, and a transmitter. Think about the projector. Think about the the speaker, the air conditioner. It is a receiver, amen, and it is an assimilator. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, in the projector, it's wired different than the air conditioning system. Am I right? Where's my electricians? The lights are wired different, amen, than the sound system. They're all wired to, to produce uniquely what is in that particular device you don't get much sound out of that and you don't get much projection out of that but you get sound out of that and projection out of that because that was their purpose and the power hooked to it put them in their purpose you know there was power in me my all the years i was backslid, there was power in me i never used it till the one night i used it to get right with god for every believer, there's power in you. But are you assimilating? Now, when you say, well, Pastor, I just don't, I don't understand that Assimilate. Are you praying? Are you studying the Word? Are you building, 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 building that power in you every day, every day? Because it is. Your body is like a battery. Your spirit is like a battery. It needs to be recharged. You need to be refreshed. You need to be revived. You say, what is that? That's those supernatural impartations of the power of God. I, I can point back to two different experiences in prayer in my life. Very young in the Lord. One at Lakewood Church in their prayer room with their intercessors and prayer warriors. Another at my parents' home where I was living at the time in which I, I really can't explain to you what happened to me other than there was a tremendous download of power. When I, when I would go to revival meetings and pray at revival in the, in the, in the uh, time that I would be traveling, if I, especially if I was driving, I'd be praying. If I knew I had to fly, I'd pray beforehand. But every, without exception, every series of meetings I ever went to, I would pray to a point in which I tangibly sensed the power of God. And I knew that God had put into me everything I needed for that series of meetings. Most of them were eight meetings. And I'd walk into churches. I wouldn't know what was going on in those churches. I'd, I wouldn't know what was going on in the pastors. And it was amazing how God would address subjects, give me things to preach, things to minister that would correct the church, bring the church. I'm telling you, it was one of the most amazing things to witness. And it, God gets all the glory because it was all God. I could never do that. Pastors would come to me and just, they'd have you could see it in their eyes. How did you know to preach that in my church? How did you know to teach that? And there were times, oh my goodness, how can I describe it? There were times in which the only way I can liken it is when I, was, when I used to rodeo and I, and I drew a big old, big old nasty bull called Black Five and he beat me up bad once and then I rode him once. But how I felt when I knew I would drawn him, just this, what have I got myself into? Well, I would feel like that when the Lord would say, preach on this, and I would go, this is like drawing Black Five. I don't know if I want to preach on that or not. I don't want to know if I want to even say that or not. I don't know if I even want to do that or not. I mean, and I tell you what, you get in the pulpit, you get under the constraints of the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of God starts to speak to you. Many times you don't have any other choice but obedience. I mean, what are you going to do? Well, guys, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop now because I'm going to disobey God and close the service and not tell you what God told me to tell you. Is that what you're going to do? Ain't enough power for that. you got to get up and say what God says. Get up and do what God says to do. Get up and minister the way God tells you to. It ta- listen, it takes faith to do that. But listen, for every one of your lives, down the road especially, in the next few weeks, the next few months, and definitely in 2020, you're going to need some power. I mean, you're going to need some resident, not something you, oh, no, it's time to pray. It's time to go to church. It's time to read the Bible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We need the- <laughs> You're You're late now. Now, what you need is other people with the power. That's when you need ministry. That's when you need people to come minister to you. But you don't have to be like that. You can have that power working in you at all times in your life, When any situation you get into. I remember flying one time to, to, to Dublin, and I don't, you know, the devil will always mess with you, especially in areas of, if you're being obedient to God, he'll try to put fear on you in a lot of areas. He tried to put fear on me when it came to flying. It doesn't take but a few bad flights to do that. And I'd been in a real bad one in Honduras. I mean it was I was I was literally believe God just saved us out of that because the pilot literally pulled up in a little island. Anybody been on the island of Roytan in Honduras? I mean it's just a, it's you know what the runway's like there. You're running right by a cliff and it drops right off into the ocean. And brother if you don't made it make it, you're gone. And there's a thunderstorm sitting right down at the very end of the runway and the guy pulls up into the thunderstorm and the wind shear, you could feel it immediately he just begin to jerk the plane down jerk so he was a military pilot so he wing-rolled a 727 okay. <laughs> like you see the blue angels do that was fun <laughs> then I get on a flight, and I'm flying to Dublin, and the pilot comes on and says, well, we're going to have to suspend all cabin service, and we ask you to buckle up. And, you know, unless it's emergency, don't even go to the back, because it's going to be a pretty rough ride for about the next four hours. And I'm like, yeah, four hours. <laughs> from, the you, from the time you turn right there under Greenland till you drop into Dublin, it's four hours. And, brother, it was like being on a four-hour roller coaster ride. I mean, this is January. I mean, the guff stream was, I mean, the jet streams were out. And I'm telling the devil, he was, you're not, you're going to distance this thing. You're not going to You're going to die. You're going you're gonna to be dead. And he showed me uh, 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 Leah standing by the, you know, they wouldn't even have a coffin because, you know, I mean, you know, I'm dead, died in the, died in the airplane, went into the ocean, couldn't find his body, you know, can't even have a decent bear. I mean, that's what the devil to talk to your mind. I saw our pastor standing up there. People were crying. Others were laughing. I mean, you know. And I said it out loud. I remember saying it. I said, devil, you break this plane up, I'll ride the wing to the ocean. I'll step out there on that wing, and I'll ride it to the... And they'll find me worshiping God on the wing. But you're not going to kill me in this airplane. And the fear just left, just like that. Well, see, all of us need that. Every one of us need to be walking in that. And that comes by our submission to the Word, submission to the Spirit, and recognizing there is a power beyond your own. There is something supernatural, not just to touch you at the altar when you're in great need, but for you to live in and walk in every day that will affect your life, affect your ministry, affect your business, affect your job. Every part about you will have that supernatural element of the power of God. And we need that now more than ever. There must be a demonstration of the power of God, not just in the church, in our services. Because we've experienced that and we see that. But I mean every day in your life where fear tries to get a hold of you, anything tries to get a hold of you. Listen, even with, with, with all of these uh, diseases, the COVIDs, these variants, all this kind, you've got, you got to understand there's a power in you stronger than that. There's a power in you. Str- why, why is it that believers, that's always the last resort. I heard a guy say that one time. He was a believer. Oh, well, I guess it's come to that. We need to pray. I thought that's why we're where we are right now because we didn't pray. Amen. No, no. We have an excellent opportunity down this month teaching on the power of God. Things of God, Spirit of God, go into fall harvest, let all these other ministries come in, power of God, come out the other side, power of God increases, blessing of God increases. We become much more, listen, instead of being intimidated by what's going on, we start intimidating it. Yeah. Instead of backing up in the fight, we start pushing forward in this fight. And we go on that offense. We begin to move forward, amen, by the power and the anointing of God. You know, in closing, think about this, because today is a, a Sunday and there'll be a lot of uh, a football playing the game of football on TV. Now, when you get a strong offensive team that overcomes the defense of another team, the way they do that is not just through the strategy of the plays that they have. But if you notice, many of the teams that rise to the level of a championship level, they got more power. They got a faster runner. They got a smarter quarterback. They got stronger linemen. They got meaner linebackers. I was watching a deal about the, uh, uh, I forget what year the Super Bowl was, but it was the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was back when uh, Pittsburgh had the Iron Curtain. And you know, they, those guys had some power. I mean, they had some power. That, what, what made them powerful was this. It wasn't the strength of the, it was uh, uh, Jack Lambert, uh, what was, uh, uh, if you named a couple of them, i don't remember. But anyway, it wasn't their individual ability. They're individual. It was the, the, the three of them together. You, could, you, couldn't throw, you couldn't throw passes over the middle. You couldn't run. I mean, they, they were ferocious. They exerted more power. Listen, Christianity and religion has taken the path to powerless Christianity. But thank God, has never, God has never left the path of bringing His people into His power. That's exactly the first thing God did. The first thing Jesus did was to do what? Was to, re- to, to release the power into the church. You shall receive power. At that word is the word dunamis, which is outward arraying, an outward working of the power of God. Signs wonders, miracles, gifts of the Spirit in operation, answered prayer, power in the name of Jesus, power of the Word of God, power. listen, the power of prayer, the power of unity, the power of agreement. You begin to look in the Word of God, it's full of the power and life of God. And everything you adhere to and everything you believe you receive, you are assimilating and building that power structure into your life. And I guarantee you, we'll do it next week. We'll go back and look at what it says at the end of 2 second, of second Peter chapter 1. It says, if you'll walk in that power, you will never fail. Amen. The Bible says it. Amen. I said the Bible says it. Yeah. You will never fail. Just walk in that power. Just walk. That power at its core produces love like you could never walk in. That power at its very core, at its very basis, produces a faith beyond your own faith. That that power when you walk in, listen, it produces a hope or an expectation, an expectation of that which God will do in your life personally and also that which you're involved in in the last days. I don't know about you, but I have this great expectation of God showing out His power the only way He can. I think we have this image of God of sitting up in heaven with all of the grandness and glory of who he is. And he has all this power. And he could immediately come down in our lives at any time and just change everything if he just chose to do it. Did you know that's not true? God has done everything he can do Legally, according to the Bible, says to the counsel of his own will, he has done everything he can do legally to get his power, to get his word, to get his spirit, to get his essence, to get his nature into the human family, to get them out of the curse and get them into his family so that they can be the power people. Who do you think we're going to be in the millennium? Snow cone salesman? You're going to be a power point on the earth you'll be walking around in a glorified body when there'll be a huge population of people around you that will not have a glorified body. It will be known of you. It will be known of you. If you're sick, you go to that person, you'll get healed. That will be known of you. That will be known of you. If you need direction in life, go to that person. They're the wisest people we know. See, they're not like us. You say, could there actually be a planet in which there's two species of people? Yes, there will be for a thousand years. And it will be the kingdom of God. And you know, I heard Joe Moore say this. I th- uh, he's got scripture for it. I thought it was amazing. He said, even in that environment where there'll be millions of people that you could get yourself to and, and get healed and get touched by the power of God, there'll still be people that don't believe. There'll still be people that resist it." You say, why? Because of the fallen nature of man. But that's not us. We don't need political power, social power. All we need is the power of God, and it will take care of the rest. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your life and power that you impart into us. Thank you that your power is not something way off in heaven somewhere that only once or twice in life we may observe or see. But thank you your power is working in us mightily, mightily. To bring forth your will. To bring forth that which you desire to do in the earth. We are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. Unto us for we are believers. Thank you father that our faith does not rest in the wisdom of men. But in the power of almighty God. And father as they prayed in Acts chapter 4. We say unto you today. Lord behold their threatenings. You see what they're wanting to do. Shut down the churches. Shut down preaching of the gospel. Stifle anything to do with holiness or righteousness. Behold their threatenings. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. Show forth evidence of your resurrection power. We thank you, Father. We believe we receive it. For what's working in us now, we're thankful But our faith reaches out into the next few weeks and months. Asking you, Father, as a church, corporately agreeing that you, Lord, will deposit into us a greater power than we've ever experienced before. In Jesus' precious name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. I'm sure there are men and women on the earth that feel like the power that they have is supreme. Politicians, businessmen. But in reality, it's all a lie. The only true power on the earth is contained by God and His people. There's nothing on the planet that will make you feel so powerless as facing an impossible situation. But the good news is, no matter what that situation is, there's more than enough power in God to take care of it. The greatest dilemma of man on the earth today is that he's powerless to do anything about his eternal destiny. You could be as good as any person on the planet's ever been, still die and go to a sinner's hell. Because it takes power for there to be a transformation from a cursed human being to a new creature. You say, how can that even happen? Because of the love of God for you, any individual who desires Jesus Christ in their life, can receive the power of God by simply believing in their heart and confess with, confessing with their mouth. Any believer who is estranged from God because he's not doing right, acting right, living right, can be returned to fellowship by the power of God and be empowered to live for God the rest of their life and not to fall anymore. The Bible assures us that that divine power given by the precious promises imparts to us the ability not to fail. If you're here this morning while heads are bowed in reverence to the Lord eyes are closed in respect to people around you you say pastor I need to be right with God I'm not living right I'm not doing right or you say pastor I I don't know if I was if I was to die I'd even go to heaven I need to be saved born again I need to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior If you're like that this morning and you'd like me to pray with you, would you raise your hand? Anyone at all? We won't make a spectacle out of you in any way. We'll just let you raise your hand, then we'll all pray a prayer together with you. One hand, God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else would raise your hand? Say that's me. Include me in this prayer, Pastor. Anyone else, real quick? Another hand, God bless you. Real quick, as we look around, one more time. Thank you, Father, for the two. There's another, God bless you. Three have raised their hand. Anyone else want to join them? Four, five, six. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Real quick. One more time. I'll look around. One more. If you've not raised your hand, raise it now. Anyone else? One more time. That's just your act of faith this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody stand if you will. Stand if you will. Now, church, you going to help me out? For all of you that raised your hand, we ask you to pray this prayer out loud so your own ears hear what your mouth has said. Then after it, here's what I want you to do. I want you to receive the power of God. I said, I want you to just, how do you say, how do you do it? Just say, Father, I receive your power. Power to get right, power to stay right for those that are getting back into fellowship with God. If, you, if you're praying this prayer for the first time, then you're, you're receiving the power of salvation. Woo! glory to God. That's the greatest miracle. That there's no miracle greater than being born again, leaving death, entering life, leaving darkness, entering into light. Glory to God. Amen. Church, go help me pray. Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, unashamedly, I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I believe He came from God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, died on a cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I receive the power of salvation into my life, supernatural newness, new creature in Christ. I am now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, areas of my life that do not please you, I appropriate the blood of Jesus. I ask forgiveness, thanking you, Lord. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. As I stand, October the 3rd, 2021, I'm right with God. I got right? I'll stay right by the power of of the Word of God and the Spirit of God that abides in me. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. Now let's thank God for it. Come on, thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. God for it. Now I'm going to believe God that for every one of you in here this week, you're going you're to be in a situation where you're going to have to use the power of God. Proving to you that it's in you that you've assimilated it, and you've found a way to transmit it. And in using that power, you're going to figure out a little bit more about your purpose. Because every one of you are valuable to God, and He has created you for a purpose. And let me just say this. Here at Island Church, we need that purpose plugged in to the power. Because we need every one of you believing, standing, agreeing, praying, and pressing toward what God has for us in the last of the last days. Listen, there's a potential. I'm not just going to get up and just carte blanche say, everything's going crazy. But there is a potential. There's a potential. And when I go back and I look at the prophecies of men that I trust, there is a concurrent theme running through. The three that I study. that I studied their, their prophecies were Oral Roberts, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin and uh, uh, David Wilkerson, Dr. David Wilkerson. And what's unique about their prophecies is all of them have a common thread that runs through them. And they're very dire. They're very dark, except for the common thread of what God will do in the midst of it. So for the world, church, I'm going to tell you, this thing could get really, really crazy. But for the church, because of God's power, it's going to get really, really glorious. I believe God's going to protect us. It takes power to protect. He's going to preserve us. That means the effect of what's going on is not going to wear on us. That's what preservation is, amen. And then God will deliver us. And then one day, the ultimate deliverance of what? The rapture of the church will happen. Wow, what a day to be alive. Lift your hands, Heavenly Father, as we leave today. We appropriate your power for another week. Lord, as Pastor Leah has so eloquently taught us the past three weeks, Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. You, God, are so interested, so focused on your children upon the earth that you've made provision for every experience of life. Therefore we declare by your power protection in our travels. Airways, seaways, railways, highways, any other way of travel or transportation. We know the times are perilous. We need your power. Father in the righteous labor of our hands, some jobs are more dangerous than others. But we know that your protection is for all of us. So fathers, we handle that resource you've given us. No trauma, no terror. We cancel the assignment of the adversary, no accidents of any kind. We say, devil, you are defeated, and Jesus is Lord. Therefore, we declare, even over the sicknesses, diseases, flus, and pandemics, in which the world is predicting the dark winter of 21-22, we're gonna celebrate the winter of light and life by the power and anointing of God, refusing to be partakers of the destruction of the world as we live in the light and life of God. Lord, as we leave today, stir that witness, that testimony in us. Let us realize we're your voice spoken, your hand extended, your feet running to the needs of others. Help us this week to be a problem to the devil, a miracle in someone's life, an answer to somebody's prayer. Lord, you said in your word, Those that would be created, speaking of us, for we are born again, recreated in your likeness and in your image. You said we would be given four signs and wonders in the earth. Let our very existence be a sign and a wonder to this fallen, sin-sick world. Lord, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. Keep us, protect us till we meet again tonight for our prayer service. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.